Hi, this is Sean from Kansas, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore. I don't think I even can. I'm pretty sure Trump is going to ban it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 535 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and today I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly and easily fooled by advertising... Brittany Page. Um, so, no. No, that's not how it went down at all. Not easily fooled. I thought you were going to say dog-nosed Brittany Page. Because I... That's it. I'm going to call you a dog something. Yeah, I had... That would have gone over way better than what I did. I have... God damn. I have the scoop on this, okay? So, what happened was we got one of those giant things in the mail with like the local grocery deals and the little like fast food coupons you know that giant pack that they give you in your mailbox yeah, once a yeah. week. and Th- this wasn't a part of that though because it's addressed to me or oh. current residents oh wow okay that's really this sad a special a special <laughs> well it's doordash they it's mailed fr- it oh it's from doordash oh okay i thought it I thought it was from you, Wendy's. Can I say this before we get going? And I'm like, you how does doing, Wendy's have your address? You are doing a masterful job of explaining this already. It is goddamn <laughs> remarkable how accurate you're coming with the facts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't always do a good job. So anyway, we got a mailer. This mailer that's like a like a, a, a wide fold open. It's got like this adhesive section. And it's from DoorDash. But it's like a co-sponsored advertisement from DoorDash and Wendy's. Yes. And I, you were asking, what are we going to go get for dinner tonight? Right. And I was making a joke about, ooh, this looks real nice. Uh-huh. And of course it does, because it's corporate advertising that looks, they make it look like something that you would never get when you pull into Wendy's. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually looks like a, a bacon cheeseburger. For sure. Yeah. And not, a delicious one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at the... Thick look, patties. Look, look at that that frosty or that milkshake the with the little curly cue on the top there. Yeah, they do not do that there. So I opened it and like, ooh, look at this, and kind of put it in front of Brittany's face and then took it away. Yeah. And Brittany goes... It's amazing. You put, took that away, and it's like I smell Wendy's. Yeah, I thought I was full on smelling Wendy's, and I thought I did too. So I went in for a second take, a second sniff, and they've got a smoky bacon smell. Yeah, a scratch and sniff on the inside. So when you open it, you get a giant whiff of bacon right in your fucking mug. Yes, yes. This is like next level chicanery, is what this <laughs> yeah. is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, talk about. It's one thing when they're like subliminal messages. This is just a punch right in the fucking sack. Well, because it did smell exactly like Wendy's. You pulled it away and I was like, no, that's what it smells like when you go to Wendy's. Now it just smells like a house fire. If you you want my opinion. (laughs) I'm I'm good. You don't want a second. See what I mean about the house fire. I don't need to have an additional pass at the the smelling. Anyway, they're Mm -hmm. getting sophisticated. They are. In the advertising department. Gotta be careful out there. Oh, it says scratch and sniff. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's how for the bacon scent it's bacon scented yeah yes <laughs> pretty crazy man anyway i was i was uh as everyone knows easily amused apparently yeah but i was pretty blown away by this yeah well i'm excited if this is the future for all of the, <laughs> the things uh, well let me tell you Brittany, this is the future perfect i can't wait for all of my mail to smell like something delicious <laughs> what do you think bills are gonna smell like <laughs> bills just like a like somebody put a like drop dog of dog poop. shit in there yeah yeah <laughs> yep. that's what those are gonna smell like <laughs> i don't know that i'd like to go through the list of what different types of mail would smell like mm, probably not hospital bills just smell like no. fucking MRSA or something come on man <laughs> that's enough that is enough anyway welcome to the show everybody yes got a big show we do got a few topics Kind of, of limited, stuff going on. kind of limited. We're going to talk a lot about today 
a lot about this new immigration rule relative to um, entitlement benefits and the mm-hmm. like, like food stamps not being given to to uh, immigrants. And as we're not going to get fully into it right this second because we've got some calls to play. But as with every time we talk about especially SNAP benefits, it's not about the adult recipient as much, especially with Brittany and I, as much as it is for the children who would be actual beneficiaries of that particular benefit. Right. But we'll get into that. Uh, Before we do, though, let's get to a couple calls. Three, in fact. I think we may have an email. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Brittany Page. We will. As we always do. Hey, Jesse, Brittany. Listening to the last episode, this is Chris. You know, sorry to keep bothering and calling in, but last couple of episodes really hit home. Um, the person who told you, gave you garbage or crap for crying, F him or her or whoever. Um, that type of stuff I've suffered with and been bombarded by my entire life. It's caused me to not experience or be able to mourn for my mother when she died, uh, be able to feel the kind of joy and, and satisfaction when my son was born, um, mourn the loss of my marriage, all that stuff. That stuff is bad, toxic, and it's because of people, uh, strong men in my life, individuals, examples that they said, like you have set for me, um, that I've seen who are able to experience and express their emotions without shame or anything like that have really kind of opened up and, and made me kind of come into that. I mean, that, that, that stuff is so dysfunctional and so bad for society. Um, screw, screw that person, man. Thank you. Um, and because of the examples that more men are setting in this day and time, I'm not going to pass that garbage on to my son. And, and I'm not going to have another kind of troglodyte kind of alpha male who can't love and express and mourn and everything. Man, that's not cool. But thank you. Keep doing what you guys do. Well, thank you, Chris. Um uh, obviously, I I agree, and uh, I I think that person was just a fucking troll. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, well, and you have been posting more um, troll comments lately yeah, than usual. What's going it, on with that? Well, it's been there's been an uptick of uh, it's one thing if it's just a troll comment, and there's hundreds of those per day. So I don't <laughs> I don't just post the the troll comments, uh, specifically the threats mm-hmm. and death threats. I'm I'm kind of given a little special attention to. So, um, yeah, there's kind of been an uptick, especially when I talk about white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That's when they really come out, because once you start identifying the thing that they want to be more clandestine, uh, it, it's a threat to them and their position and their ideology, I guess. Um, and uh, they've come out of the woodwork. So but listen, first of all, sorry for calling in, Chris. <laughs> you, you know that's why we have the goddamn number. Exactly. <laughs> we want you to call in. We do, we do want you to call in. So don't be sorry for that. But but it is nice to hear, and it, it, it also this perspective that it is toxicity to repress what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But there's no there is no negative about crying as a man. Mm-hmm. There, just, there just isn't. It's if it's okay to cry. For, for women and children and boys, why is it? What, what's the logic that when you become a man, you're not allowed to cry when something is fucking horrific, like dozens of people being gunned down while doing back to school shopping for their kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, if that doesn't resonate with you and cause you to be a little emotional, then uh, it's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, maybe you're the one that needs to be a little bit more uh, introspective. Not so much me. Yeah. Because I'm okay. Like I said, we had a lot of people come to my defense, both on, on the internet, you know, Twitter and Facebook, and also through calls and emails. And one, I appreciate all of it for sure. And I don't want to say, but it's not necessary. But you know, it's really, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like, oh, I wish somebody would stick up for me. I, I'm if it wasn't socially acceptable, I would still fucking do it because it's it's what's right. It's what's healthy. It's you know, I don't I, I would never want to be in a position to lament moments in my life like Chris just delineated the, the, the birth of a child, the, the death of a, of a parent and not being able to to properly grieve. And it's part of the natural. I mean, I don't want to get too into Britney's weeds, her territory. 
But it seems to me that it's it's the natural part of a grieving process that you would go through to to express emotion. So anyway, thanks, Chris. We appreciate it very much. And moving on to something a little bit more topical relative to guns, Mark. Hey, Jesse Everett. It's Mark from Tennessee. Hey, Jess, real quick. Uh, in regards to the shootings, um, I, I think Trevor Noah you know, said something about, you asked about, you know, PTSD uh, nationwide. You know, you, you, you heard about the motorcycle backfiring in Times Square and everybody, you know, just surging and panicking and, and, and running away because they thought somebody, some crazy ass person, you know, was firing a weapon in the crowd. You know, in a target rich environment. And, you know, it says a lot about us that, uh, we, uh, we have that mindset now and people are willing to do, uh, such an atrocious thing. And what worries me as, you know, a nationalized American citizen is, you know, not only if, you know, I'm going to be arrested in a raid by ICE because the color of my skin, even though I am an American citizen but I do have to carry my passport with me constantly just in case, you know, something like that is brought up or the fact that every time I see a Make America Great bumper sticker, you know, when I go to customers' houses, I see a big old sign that I just have to step back and, you know, pause for a second. Or if I'm out in public or going to an event, that I have to worry that I might be gunned down because I'm brown. Because people don't, you know, that asshole in El Paso, you know, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't care if, you know, they were American citizens or not. He just saw the color of their skin. And I get real tired of, you know, Republicans or anybody else not saying it's a domestic terror attack. I mean, hell, Timothy McVeigh bombed the FBI murder building in Oklahoma City in the 90s, and he was called a domestic terrorist. Uh, does it have to happen in a federal setting for someone to be called a terrorist? Because that asshole in Dayton and that asshole in El Paso, you know, committed an act of terror. He terrorized this nation. They both did. Multiple people have terrorized people and, you know, made their lives miserable and have made an impact on this nation. And for us to say that we're not going to do anything about it, it, it frankly fucking shocks me and it, it angers me. I lived in El Paso for six or seven years, and I know the, I know a lot of people in El Paso, and it broke my fucking heart when I heard that some asshole on back to school sale shot up a fucking Walmart at a Walmart that I used to go to when I lived there. And that just horrifies me that we have these type of people and we want to try to spin it from sorry ass excuse of games. Oh, Mark. The Google three minutes strikes again. Got cut off. Yeah. This call reminds me of one of the most frustrating things about human existence, which is it is so difficult for people to understand another person's perspective without having experienced a similar thing, you know? Yeah. And I wish it were easier because there's so many people walking around thinking to themselves, what are these people talking about? What are they so afraid of? What does any of this matter? Right? Because their lives are not affected by these things. Do you think it's because empathy is just an underworked muscle within us, within many of us? I think it's political partisanship overrides yeah most things <laughs> you just don't even get to using that muscle because it's the partisanship is so strong yeah and the biases that we carry with us right um they're so strong that it makes it difficult to just be a human and have human responses to things yeah well i've I, i've we've often said that just because it's not my way doesn't mean it's the wrong way just because i haven't experienced whatever in my life doesn't mean that what someone else has experienced that's different from me isn't valid. Doesn't invalidate that because it hasn't been my experience. And I think I think white people have a problem with it, especially white people, because the world has been our oyster for so long. Mm-hmm. Everybody on TV is white. All characters in books are white. Mm-hmm. Every president of the United... We've had 44 men 
as president of the United States, and 43 of them have been white men. Mm-hmm. That's that creates some kind of brainwashing in a person. Many, I mean, obviously, tens of millions to think that well, this is just the way the world is, mm-hmm. and. I think it, it, it does underwork that empathy muscle. Well, this is what the world is. And oh, my God, what's going to happen when this is not the world? Yeah. And that's where all of these white supremacist, white nationalist, white power movements come in uh, when they start talking about white genocide. And replacement. And the replacement of the white race. Yeah. And what is going to happen? Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. It's because, well, they're so used to the privilege. They're so used to the dominance. And then what's going to happen when they don't have that anymore? And they prize it. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I want to uh, uh, just briefly mention, and I'm not an expert on this. I don't know. the, de- oh, the- Also, spoiler alert, nothing is going to happen. The- just wanted to answer that question. <laughs> right. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Everyone just needs to relax. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I am not an expert on, but I want to cover just briefly, and that is the fact that I think there's good reason that the FBI and other uh, federal agencies or the the federal government as a as a whole hasn't labeled, hasn't um, blanket designated white supremacist groups as um, terrorists, Mm -hmm. domestic terrorists, because there's a lot of other shit that comes along with domestic terrorism as being designated a terrorist group. And that means that any material support, then we start getting into ramping up the government to go after these groups. And um, I think we just need to tread. Obviously, I do believe they are terrorists. But I think we need to be very careful about the the fine-tuned legal language that we use when a group gets designated as such because you're going to start dragging people's families into if they're giving them aid and comfort by giving them a place to stay if the somebody is getting a, a money from a family member all of that can be seized there's all kinds of of uh, a ripple of ramifications that we need to talk about um but we need to have that conversations because it's 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 certainly uh, worthy of having, and it's serious. Thank you, Mark. Uh, as always, we appreciate your contribution very much. Absolutely. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. It's TJ from North Carolina. I just wanted to call in with an update and a PSA. This past week, I officially changed my party affiliation. I've been a registered libertarian since 08. But with Trump's election, I've realized my personal beliefs are aligning more to the left and just how dangerous conservative and libertarian ideologies can really be. It was easy to believe in libertarian concepts while Obama was in the office, and I still fantasize about many of them, but they're just that, they're fantasies. At this point, I believe the freedom to be safe from a mass shooting outweighs an individual's freedom to carry a weapon of war. It's become that simple for me. The main reason I updated my voter registration, though, is I want my voice heard in this Democratic primary in the spring. We have a very polarizing primary, and just as primaries tend to show off the range of beliefs in a party, the Democratic Party has been evolving rapidly to include policies and programs that we wouldn't have considered just a few years ago. I just wanted to send this quick PSA to everyone. While it's still early, make sure you're registered to vote and check the type of primary your state has and make sure your party affiliation is updated accordingly to be able to participate in it. It's important that if you've, like me, come from a different party, that you're going to be able to have your voice heard. I appreciate the show, but more importantly, I appreciate both of you and how much of yourselves you put into this. Take it easy, and thank you. Hang on. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is awesome. So TJ has been a long-term listener. Yeah. Long term, long time listener and long time supporter of the show. Is he long? Is he long time listener, first time caller? Um, he might be. I think we've guilted him into calling before. Hmm. I don't know that. We'll have to check with him. Um, but this has been an issue that you guys in particular have gone back and forth on because he and I, yes, because you made this leap much sooner than he did. And particularly in the aftermath of Donald Trump's election, there was a lot of discussion about the role of third party voters. 
Yeah. And um, particularly how they contributed to Donald Trump's election in certain very important states. I may or may not have said, fuck you, you're responsible for this in part. Yes, and I think TJ was upset by that. Yeah, probably. And- he also got upset when I did kind of a snarky video when the government shut down yeah. about a libertarian, you know, wet dream or something. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, but but... This is the wonderful thing about, I think, what we do here. If I can um, S our collective D toot just toot. a little bit. Um, we. <laughs> oh, wait. What? You're tooting the horn. I mean. It's collective. <laughs> collective horn tooting. Okay. All right. Um, we, we want to. We want to change our minds with new information. We want other people to change their minds with new information. We always want to be asking ourselves, am I viewing this fairly? Am I viewing this accurately? Is there information that I'm missing? Right? That's what we try to do here. And we rely on the audience to keep us in check. Um, we keep each other in check, Jesse. And um, y- you checking me more than me checking you. But I agree I mean, with that. I was trying be to be fair. I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to overlook that. a little well, bit. Well, do we want to be fair? Or do we want to be correct? Brittany? Well, See, I- this is me checking you. Oh, fuck. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is a great, a great thing. Yeah. Right. For it, sure it, it, it doesn't is. have to be scary. It, it can just be, listen, like this happened for me. It finally happened. This is what pushed me over the edge. Well, also, and we all have those experiences, hopefully, yeah, if it, we're it, doing life right. It also doesn't make uh, TJ a Democrat. It makes him registered as a Democrat so he can participate in North Carolina's closed Democratic primary, which we don't have here in California. So that's an important thing. And that's what TJ was referring to, which is in some states, if you are registered in one party, you can only vote for the candidates that are in that party. That's right. And if you're not registered, you don't get to take part in that primary. Yes. Like if you're registered as an independent or no party preference... You don't get to take part in a closed primary for whatever party it is. Right. So yeah. you that's what he meant when he said you need to check what type of primary you have because you want to make sure that you can participate in that process in the way that you want to participate in it. And yes. if you are going to be closed out from voting for people that you want to vote for, you want to make sure you're aware of that before it happens. Uh, let me also say this, TJ. I know we've we've... TJ is a, a Patreon supporter, so he's been on the, the the Google Hangout calls, the Zoom Hangout calls with us every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every month, but you know, he's, he's, he's around a lot. Yeah. And we've had this conversation, and I've talked about this on the show many times, that I still have kind of a romantic, romanticization, is that, if that's a word, of, of libertarian ideals. And I still do. However, for me, for that to work, we would have to live in a perfect world where everyone has good intent, and that's just not the world we live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I often hear it that, well, you know, if if the government didn't get involved, you know, if I wanted to have a, a business and I didn't allow blacks or Mexicans to, to um, enter my business, let's say I own a restaurant... Well, then, you know, the the market would decide and you would end up having to close down because no one would come to your restaurant anymore. Mm -hmm. Eh, That's not really the way it works. (laughs) We've seen throughout history. Wait a minute. It's not. That's right. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen throughout history that that's not how that works. Yeah. And uh, in a libertarian world, that's what would have to happen is the market would decide. The rest of the people having their free will and their free choice to not go to your place would eventually close you down. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, that would be great. However, again, we don't live in a perfect world. So anyway, uh, listen, uh, TJ, thank you. And congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's not like we didn't know he wasn't a thoughtful, you know, intelligent guy who's going to do the right thing. And it's not that being a Democrat is the right thing. Right now, Uh it's the right thing. Right. You know, after after Trump gets out of there, maybe it won't be the fucking right thing anymore. And it doesn't mean going back on those ideals that you still have and hold. You know, you can still have those beliefs. You can still maintain that those things are important to you. But a lot of this is about strategy, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I think we have one email and then we'll hit the mid roll. Hi, Jesse, Brittany and Popeye. 
paused episode 534 to cry and type this message after your caller told about the conversation with her boss. I just don't understand where this type of callousness comes from. And when asked, he'd probably say he is a Christian. Not wanting to let immigrants in is one thing, but to suggest killing them is a different animal altogether. What makes him so special? Being born white and American? Those aren't achievements, mate. Thanks for the great work you guys do. Thanks for helping a legion of us process all this nonsense and taking a couple for the team. Godspeed. K from Sydney. By the way, Popeye's the best part. Wow, that's fucking blasphemy. <laughs> K, how dare ye? Yes. Uh, I also had that same reaction. Mm-hmm. It is, it's anathema to me that someone would think that let alone say it out fucking loud. Mm-hmm. That just shoot them. That is just it. it uh, it's beyond hateful. I mean, it's it's it's. There, there's no there's no sympathy. There's no empathy. There's no heart. That's psychopathic. Wouldn't you say that? You, I mean, how many times have you heard that kind of argument before, though? Because I can I can think of quite a few times when I've heard Republicans say, like, we should just bomb an entire country off the face of the earth. Yeah, and- sure. I mean, you've heard Donald Trump talk like that. Oh, that, that he could rain fury, yeah. that he could rain it down and it would be over, you know. Ten days he could have Afghanistan wiped off the map. Right. Yeah. As though they're not actually talking about human beings with families and lives and Yeah, it takes a special kind of piece of shit to think in those terms. Well, it's an odd disconnect from reality. It's you know I, Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, we appreciate all of the communication, you guys. Emails, voicemails, voice memos. If you'd like to contact the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So get ready for this list of new Patreon supporters. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Maureen. Maureen. Billy. Babelli. No. R- Bobelli. Rich. <laughs> Rich. Cece. Cece. William. William. Linda. Linda. Steve and Kelsey. Steve and Kelsey. Chelsea from Canada. Chelsea from Canada. That's what the name said. Yeah. Taylor. Taylor. Herbert. Herbert. And Daryl. Daryl. Beautiful. So awesome. You guys are helping us. Um, especially with the new studio that we are slowly in the process of we're halfway in yeah we're getting there we're getting there we still have some things that we need to get some things that we need to have everything fully set up but we're very excited because it is going to make our lives much easier um make everything more seamless so we can just sit down do the show we don't need to worry about setting up every time everything's just gonna be in place it'll also be uh, if I may add, the a situation where we can have a studio to do like live YouTube call-in sessions and things like we used to do in the past. Absolutely. Back to business. And yes. it'll be a good time. It'll be, it really will expand the audience that we reach relative to those live calls because we're broadcasting on YouTube. Right. And thousands of people are seen. So it's not like a, hey, audience, listen, we're going to be doing this from this time to this time. Call in. It's... You know, it's yeah a lot wider range of questions and queries. So yeah, and probably some trolls. You know what? I can handle the trolls. I'm uh, I'm okay and I'm good on my feet. Good. So to fuck straight off and hang up. <laughs> that is an important quality <laughs> to have in your position. All right. Dilemocracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So can we first, let's talk about this Chris Cuomo thing that has blown up. Oh, God. You know, Chris Cuomo. Anchor on CNN. Yeah, that's right. Cuomo prime time. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. (laughs) That's one of the things that bothers me about the Cuomo. Uh, I like like Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. 
He's a. He's be, not gonna like that. Be very, very <laughs> quiet. He's not gonna yeah, like that. I sir. like. I do like Chris Cuomo, but like anyone else, uh-huh. he's a flawed individual. We all are. He is fucking hyper vain. He's one of those dudes that takes videos of videos of himself doing fucking pull ups and in the gym and and I don't know. That just rubs me like, all right, we get it, guy. We fucking get it. He's been on Stephen Colbert, and they show pictures of him, and he's he's like a he's like a dolphin. There's like not a hair on him, and he <laughs> says, "Oh, I'm just naturally like that." No, he's not, and he's totally not. I mean, it, we, th- anyway, so that kind of shit just it grates at me, but it doesn't speak to his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like him because I think he's logical. I think he's reasonable. I think that he, although doesn't make the best decisions relative to guest bookings. <laughs> like having fucking Kellyanne Conway on. Uh-huh. Um, overall, he's a net positive for me. Yeah. Well, the other day, some gentlemen mm-hmm. will be kind and charitable. Uh, called him Fredo, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he went in a off, public place. That's right, in a public place. Where he was not on air, he wasn't dressed up, he wasn't And there's cell phone video of it taken from below. Looking up, it looks like they're in a fucking circus tent or something from what the ceiling looks yeah, like. Yeah, you can tell that it was surreptitiously recorded because of the angle. It almost appears as though someone had their phone maybe out of their pocket or um, something like that because it's from underneath everyone's um, heads. That's right. Like under their neck and from, from the ground. And so Chris Cuomo doesn't act like Chris Cuomo from the TV. Oh, no, no, no. Chris Cuomo gets very excitable when he's called Fredo from The Godfather, who was like the reject brother, the mm-hmm. the fuck-up brother, mm-hmm. the dumb guy brother. Yeah. And uh, just listen to this, and then let's... Let's talk about it. I thought, that, I thought, I thought that's who you were. Honestly. No, punk-ass bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from The Godfather. He was that weak brother. Isn't that your and brother? And they use though? it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Are you Italian? I got, I got a it's a fucking insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. Is, that, is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, then we'll fucking play. If you've got something that. you want to say about what I do on television, then say it. But don't call me a fucking Hey, man. Insult. Hey, listen. What? what? I don't want any problems. Yeah, you're going to have a big fucking problem. What's the problem? It's a little different on TV. Don't fucking insult me like that. Pro- I didn't insult you. Yeah, I fuck you call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want well, that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. I you called me Fredo. You know my name's not fucking Fredo. I thought your name was. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar. I you want to be a man, stand up like a man. I'm standing up, man. You want to be a man out yeah, here. Then fucking own it. Then own what listen, you said. Hey, then own what you said. Listen, take man, I don't have what? a problem with you, man. Yeah, you're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about I'll, it? I'll fucking ruin your shit. Then. I'll fucking something. throw you down these stairs like a fucking punk. Please do. Why? So you can fucking sue? You don't want to So you can fucking sue? Well, why don't you do it? Go take a swing. You want to call me Fredo? Take a fucking swing. Take a fucking swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. No, no, come on, boy. Come on, boy. So you want to call me shit? Call me shit. I'm not doing anything. I'll fucking wreck your shit. I'll fucking wreck your shit. Stop. You didn't know what you were doing when you called me Fredo? I thought it was your name. I thought it was your name. You didn't know, right? You didn't know what you were saying, right? I thought it was his name. I'm breaking it up. I'm breaking it up. This is my buddy. Hey, look at all these cameras. You're in for it. You're in for it. I'm in for what? You call me fucking Fredo? You're in for it. You call me Fredo? So, I... About total setup here is well, what it was. About fifty, um, I don't know how long that clip was. About fifty seconds ago, I guess I started to feel uncomfortable with yeah. playing it. Yeah, because these people obviously, you just use the phrase "setup." Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they started shit and then they recorded it and they wanted this to happen, right? They wanted everyone to be talking about this. Donald Trump is now tweeting about Chris Cuomo. Oh, the, the right's going nuts about this. Yes. And now, some with some justification. Yeah, yeah. so the, Chris Cuomo um, just turned 49 and he is like very much an adult person. He is an anchor on CNN. He talks to the most important people in the country. He has one of the most prominent voices in the country. And this is someone who should be above this kind of thing. He's also a smart guy with a law degree whose brother is the governor of New York, whose father, Mario Cuomo, is the former governor of New York. Yeah, you gotta know that even if you can't see a camera, 
that there yeah. could be a recording happening. And especially if you are Chris Cuomo, you need to understand that you got to keep it under control. Now, he tweeted to defend himself and he said, appreciate all the support, but truth is I should be better than the guys baiting me. This happens all the time these days, often in front of my family, but there is a lesson. No need to add to the ugliness. I should be better than what I oppose. And I like the statement, yeah. although I feel like he should also apologize for saying that Fredo a fictitious, is... A, a fictional character is the same as the N-word. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> Uh, um quit being a punk bitch quit being a punk bitch yeah it's just oh my gosh yeah man watching well, it was so his, his show uh, is on right now on cnn and i i predict he's gonna i think he's gonna have to apologize yeah i mean i would assume that's a jackass thing to say yeah but it is a bummer that he provided this ammunition to the right and now donald trump is tweeting about it and i mean it's it's just not some it's it's not something that he needs. Um, it's not something that CNN needs. Not that I'm like trying to protect CNN or Chris Cuomo, but hey, well, you don't listen. Don't give the goddamn Donald Trump a round for the chamber. Right. Don't give him the ammunition. Right. Because this is going to be a cultural uh, flame point for for weeks and weeks now, maybe, maybe longer. That Chris Cuomo went off and said this about the N word. Now the Blaze, they're doing fucking videos. Every black conservative is coming out and uses using this as a mark in 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 support of Donald Trump. But I think that's also why we're talking about it, so that people understand. Like this is going to be used for that long. Yes. Think of all of the terrible things that Donald Trump has said, all of the terrible things that Donald Trump has done. And those same publications have not been going right. at him yeah. with the same ferociousness that they will Chris Cuomo for this minor little spat. Yeah, let me let me say this too, because I'm I'm a guy who gets a little fiery in public sometimes, and Brittany has had to uh hey, 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 cameras, cameras, cameras. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, no shit. And if you're, if you're pushed and you're needled and you're needled and you're bothered and you're hassled and you're harangued constantly walking down the street, wherever you go and you're getting fucked with, and then finally you snap and that's the time that's on video, you know, no one gets to know about all the bullshit that you got poured onto you. Right. All they see is the time that you snap. Absolutely. So, so I'll give him a little bit of room, a little bit of leeway. I think that's fair, yeah. Because that's valid. Mm-hmm. But bro, you're, like you said, this is your business. This you were raised in this atmosphere. You were the 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 son of a legendary governor, the brother of another governor of the state. You you've grown up in the spotlight. You got to be smarter than this. You've chosen to be a public figure. Yeah. Also, we've seen your Instagram. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. All right. With you're the punk bitch. Toss you down the stairs. You're bullshit. a ripped, super buff guy you can totally handle some dudes and that's we get very it. important too we <laughs> to have big muscles no but we get it you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, we yeah. understand all of that was like macho manning someone up yeah. you know and it just uh it sounds so petty when you listen to it yeah. you know um goading him to throw the purse punch yeah. so he wouldn't have to be sued oh so he could then take care of business yeah it's like in the schoolyard you know the, yeah the, when my when my parents taught us to fight um those were the rules you could never hit someone first they had to hit you first because you didn't start fights you finish them when right. they hit you Goddamn. when they hit you that was it it was over hashtag raised by wolves everybody good time just telling you the rules guys <laughs> this episode brought to you by hashtag <laughs> Raised by hey, wolves. where's that shirt? Someone tagged me in a shirt that said um, "Raised by Wolves." I'm putting it together. I'm going to make one for the for the Teespring. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking. Where oh, is it? Where is when? It? Right, right. When? So let me ask this for the audience: um, Should it be hashtag Raised by Wolves on mm-hmm. the T-shirt, or just Raised by Wolves? That's the query I'll put out to the audience. I expect responses <laughs> all right we'd love to know what you think about this chris cuomo thing we're going to move on to andrew yang oh yeah crying a little andrew yang crying action i loved this clip Very which is going to lead us into um the threat of white supremacy we didn't get to it last time because the show was going long but uh, tucker carlson did say that white supremacy is a hoax it's not real it's a lie and we're going to get to that using this gun violence conference 
uh, Q&A town hall that Andrew Yang was at as a springboard. My beautiful four-year-old daughter, Dela, was struck by a stray bullet March 2011. My son, my daughter's twin brother, witnessed what happened that day. She died two days later. Firearms are the second leading cause of death for children and teenagers in the U.S., but 4.6 million American children live in homes with at least one gun that is loaded and unlocked, and hundreds of them gain access to a gun and unintentionally shoot themselves or someone else every year. As president, how would you address unintentional shootings by children? Thank you for that. Can I give you a hug? Is that be appropriate? I have a six and three year old boy, as I'm imagining. I was imagining it was one of them that got shot and the other saw it. I'm so sorry. The, the biggest downside of running for president for me has been that I don't get to see my family very much. So I get pictures, I FaceTime, I see pictures of my boys and just that scene that she described, I'm sorry, it's like very, very affecting. You're right that when there's a gun in the household, you're more likely to have a child get shot or the owner get shot than to kill, let's say, an intruder into the house. Those are just numbers. Um, those are just the facts. So one of the things we can do, and it's very hard to get into Americans' houses where all of these guns are, uh, but if we can convince Americans that personalized guns are a good idea, then again, if you, the child gets a hold of the gun and they can't do anything with it, then it just becomes a very heavy, expensive prop. Uh, and that's something that we can push. One of my proposals is to actually help gun owners upgrade their guns to personalized guns free of charge. Because if we can do that, then again, if you're a gun owner, and gun owners are parents, gun owners understand that, you know, and some of them are concerned. So if you say, hey, we'll upgrade your uh, guns for free, when we can do that. Like, you can upgrade the guns for free, and that would help make kids safer in our homes. I'm so sorry you um, had to, and that, that story should not be possible. Uh, I'm so sorry. So when I was playing this, um, you turned to me and you asked me, was it genuine? Because yeah, I wasn't watching it. I was just listening to it. Right. And also, there's always kind of a suspicion around politicians and their responses to things. And yeah. is this more of a politically expedient response or is this actually genuine? It's a fair question. I believe this was very genuine. And uh, I've since seen it and I completely agree. Yeah. Not to go body language expert on Bill O'Reilly here, but. Um, <laughs> Do you see that micro expression? Yeah. Um, oh, he's turning his body away. <laughs> oh, he's open to things because of this arm gesture. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not going to go into that. But everyone knows what it feels like to try to prevent yourself from crying, to try to force it down. And when that happens, you try to do different things. And in this situation, Andrew Yang was sitting there listening to the question, and you could tell that the emotion started to come on. Yeah, yeah. Fidgety. Fidgety. Um, he tried to take a drink of water to distract himself. And then when he hugged her and walked back onto the stage, he just couldn't, couldn't handle it anymore. Um, so this was really powerful, and I, I think it's something that we talk a lot about on the show related to who should be rewarded with power. Yeah. And somebody like Donald Trump, who um, <laughs> brags about basically being an emotionless robot yeah. um, and not being affected by things, and he's just the best at everything, and uh, everything's great. Not Never apologizing. I mean, just... Never apologizing. All the worst qualities. Just never being a genuine 
person. He's yeah. not a genuine person. So I think that with these genuine emotional displays, this is what we want more of from people in power. Yeah. We want them to understand what people actually go through because that will inform the way that they govern. And that is what we need. Yeah, listen, I don't I still don't think this qualifies him to be president of the United States and it doesn't sway me toward his candidacy at all. But goddamn, he's a good guy. He's a genuine character here. Yeah. Um he also just qualified to be in the debate. Yeah, so he is moving forward. That's that, I think that's great. Yeah, but it does it does spark the the larger conversation and and her her kids I I don't believe were were terrorism or or a result of a white nationalist ideology kind of a maniac out there, but but the larger conversation about mass shootings and terror and massacres at this scale, we can't have that conversation without talking about the threat of disaffected white men and a lot of that is the threat of white supremacy now we didn't get to it last time but tucker carlson on his show the other night before he went on a on a totally pre-scheduled vacation that just just so happened to some uh coincide with uh the controversy that happened he said that uh, white supremacy is a hoax and uh, not real. It's a lie. Okay, so it's not the job of this show to defend the president, everything he says, and some things we're not going to defend. But in point of fact, he never endorsed white supremacy or came close to endorsing white supremacy. That's just a lie. But he condemned it anyway. Their response, he didn't really mean it. We have also called on this president to say the words that he finally said today, but they ring hollow when he coddles white supremacists. He cannot now stand back and say, oh, I condemn white supremacy, I condemn racism, I, can, I, I condemn uh, violence. It's the arsonist coming and saying they want to help put out the fire. But the whole thing is a lie. If you were to assemble a list a hierarchy of concerns of problems this country faces. Where would white supremacy be on the list? Right up there with Russia, probably. It's actually not a real problem in America. The combined membership of every white supremacist organization in this country would be able to fit inside a college football stadium? I mean, seriously. This is a country where the average person is getting poorer, where the suicide rate is spiking. White supremacy, that's the problem. This is a hoax. Just like the Russia hoax, it's a conspiracy theory used to divide the country and keep a hold on power. That's exactly what's going on. Victor Davis Hanson knows this better than anyone. He's a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution, and he joins us tonight. Professor, thank you very much for coming on. White supremacy, you know, I've lived here 50 years. I've never met anybody, not one person, who ascribes to white supremacy. I don't, I don't know a single person who thinks that's a good idea. I, don't, I mean, they're making this up, and it's a talking point which they are using to help them in this election cycle, obviously, because Russia died. But my question to you is, what does it do to the country? At what cost? And long well, pause, I mean, long pause of the guest for them to figure out what the fuck they're going to say to that. Mm -hmm. Listen, th there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, uh, the membership... Oh, there's not enough people actively in, in membership of these groups. That's not how it works, Tucker Carlson. It's not like you have a roster and they've got an email list. That kind of approach was ditched a long time ago for a loosely bait. It's like a terror cell where you have independent cells, independent of one another, who act independently, who try to radicalize individuals and then not be tied to the larger group. It is not like the KKK of old, where you go in and you learn the secret handshake and you go out and you burn a cross. It's not, that's not the way it works anymore. And Tucker Carlson is trying to make it something it is not while denying that the larger threat exists at all. But I think it's always been the case that you have had your more public-facing, in-your-face in, in your face, sure. uh, white supremacists, and then you've had just 
the general population that has racist beliefs will say them privately in their own home. But then when they go out in public, they put on a different face. I think that has been very common uh, throughout history. And Tucker Carlson, don't know which group he would count himself in, but, you know. Like, sure does talk about white genocide a lot. So I think I would, whether or not he would count himself among them, he talks their language. But I think one thing that you're bringing up is important, and this was one of the more ridiculous claims that Sam Harris recently made on his podcast when he was discussing the shootings, which is that... um, racist this dog whistling thing is like not a thing and he doesn't really subscribe to dog whistles because racists will just tell you they're racist ideas he's he's he is supplanting his own knowledge and 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 life experience for people like christian piccolini who's he who's who he's had on who says the exact opposite right and it's a ridiculous claim i mean they have to convert you somehow And if they come at you with the swastika face tattoos and the smashing beer cans into their head and having wild front yard parties and, um, sorry, I'm being taken back to my, my childhood. Um, you (laughs) know, these types of things, then people are going to be turned away. They're not going to want to be a part of that. Okay. But if you start to try to make these quote unquote intellectual claims, right. And oh, wait a minute. This is an intellectual point of view. That's right. Like race science. Yes. This is something that intellectuals believe. I can phrase it in this way. Yeah. And then people don't question me. Oh, look. It's a guy with a, with a tie and a sweater vest on saying it. It must have some validity. Right. Or, oh, it's just a, bunch of, just a bunch of young men having a party with the matching polos that they wear. Proud boys. And it's really priming the pump for, like you said additional radicalization to go even deeper. And so when they talk about the invasion, when they use this language, and then it is adopted by people who then go out there and commit acts of terror because they genuinely believe there's an invasion and that there is a threat to their identity. As as was the case in El Paso. Yeah. Well, we have a serious problem and we don't have a hoax on our hands. We have a very real white supremacy problem propagated by people like Tucker Carlson. Who, who make it respectable, who make it normalized, who make it mainstream to talk about white genocide and this great replacement theory, which was referenced specifically by the El Paso shooter in his manifesto. Right. But more evidence that it's not just some lie to try to get Democrat votes, fucking idiot, Right now, the FBI, it seems to me, I don't have any inside knowledge about this, but from the news reporting of different arrests that they've done, it seems to me that they've got a full court press right now trying to interdict in cases where there may be violence. Uh, two just this week, and a third, one in Las Vegas, one in Florida, and one in Ohio, uh, where there were threats of violence. Now to the apparent spike in terror-related threats across the country in the wake of the mass shootings in Texas and Ohio. A Las Vegas security guard accused of neo-Nazi ties under arrest for having bomb-making materials and for threats against Jews and the LGBTQ community. What officials say they found in a notebook, plus the Facebook post in Florida by this man, causing officials to spring into action. Here's ABC's Will Reeve. Tonight, two alleged white supremacists facing charges just days after an FBI warning about a rise in domestic terrorism. I have my Bushmaster AR-15 rifle. Federal agents in Las Vegas arresting 23-year-old Connor Climo. If there is a possibly very determined enemy, we have at least the means to deal with it. Climo, seen here in this 2016 video from affiliate KTNV, acting as a neighborhood vigilante trying to fight crime. Authorities say documents and messages reveal Climo recently wanted to blow up a synagogue or a gay bar. Investigators say he communicated with a dangerous neo-Nazi group, and during a raid of his home, agents say they found illegal guns and bomb-making materials, as well as a notebook outlining plans for an attack. Once you start talking about actually harming people, then law enforcement can come after you. And in Florida, an ominous Facebook post leading to the arrest of 26-year-old Richard Clayton. Investigators say the post read, three more days of probation left, then I get my AR-15 back. Don't go to Walmart next week. 
State officials say Clayton appears to follow white supremacist ideology. After the recent massacres in El Paso and elsewhere, America on edge. The FBI is asking for the public's help to stop potential copycats. Despite the fact that, you know, white supremacy seems to be growing in this country, it still boils down to the individuals. Police in New Haven, Connecticut, also arrested 53-year-old Jeffrey Hansen. He's accused of posting a threatening Facebook message about a Puerto Rican festival there. They say he was not known to police beforehand. Tonight, officials across the country are taking every threat seriously. Tom? We'll read with those new threats tonight. All right, Will, thank you. You also had this 18-year-old... Um in Cleveland, Ohio, and federal prosecutors charged him with making threats against law enforcement um, following an investigation that revealed he voiced his support online for mass shootings and lived in a house with 25 guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. Now, here's... And he was planning on attacking Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, again, one of the planks of white supremacy is the the doing away with of legal abortion because they believe it contributes to white genocide. There is a common theme here. Now, listen, I, I watched the 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 original news package of this kid from Las Vegas, and he is a socially awkward little dude marching around an idyllic suburban neighborhood in las vegas Mm -hmm. with an ar-15 and a giant like rambo knife and body armor and like patrolling like there's some imminent threat of invasion or or crime or danger and there's no one on the streets except for him acting like he's some kind of a vigilante right obviously that wasn't working out well for him He wasn't seeing enough action, so it morphed into something else. Likely, I don't know, but very likely radicalized by forces on the internet. And that's what we're seeing with the 4chan and the 8chan. Yeah. And the the attempted radicalization of younger people using these platforms. Yeah. So it is not a hoax. It is not a lie. Mm-hmm. It is documented, and it's on the radar of the FBI. Mm-hmm. I also want to recommend an episode of a podcast if you are interested in more of this information. Um, I know when Jesse, Jesse loves when I promote other podcasts. Uh, On the Media, which is a podcast that I listen to as soon as it, it becomes available. At least it's only like one or two shows that you listen to. That It's not like you're we're always recommending some other show. Yes, that's true. I need, maybe I need to start listening to other shows. Yes. So this one is from August 7th, <laughs> and it is called Decide the white power movement and they talk to university of chicago professor Catherine Ballou, i believe is how you say her name and she's the author of bring the war home the white power movement and paramilitary america so this episode is fantastic if you want to understand the history of the white power movement and uh what the current threat is from the white power movement i mean the, f- the fake hoax lie yeah yeah from an expert right um in this field and someone who actually has done the research um again not someone who just listened to a couple podcasts and now she thinks she's an expert in something you know someone who's actually like a university professor and has done the legwork dedicated time and resources and effort right so um that is a perfect episode if you want to check that out i would recommend it and thank you for letting me promote another podcast. <laughs> this episode brought to you by On the Media. I wish. Brittany's favorite podcast. I wish. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. Listen, um, I don't want to have a two-hour episode here. But next episode, we want to hear from you. This gives us a great opportunity to to solicit for comments about Donald Trump's policy related to immigrants not being able to get their, their green cards if they are on any sort of uh, public assistance. Uh, food stamps, uh, welfare, housing, um, things like that. So we want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. We welcome voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, we are independent creators here on the show. I am an independent creator on the YouTube. 
We would welcome your support to help us keep the lights on, to help us uh, expand our operation. You can do that through Patreon. You can go to teamdollamore.com or dollamore.com slash Patreon. Pick your tier of support. There's rewards involved. Online Google Hangouts with us. There's stickers that you get sent. It's a good time. Uh, we would love to have you in the, in the Patreon family. Please consider it. We'd appreciate it if you did. We love you. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. This is like next level chicanery is what this is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs>